1: Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best best Fantasy, best friends forever.
0: Do 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 Yeah. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy?
2: Frankie, TGIF getting ready for Week 15. Semifinals. Of it's
0: already the begun, man. Football playoffs. Oh, Greg,
2: what a kickoff last night. Your Kansas City Chiefs, my Los Angeles Chargers. You know how in, bas- uh, in basketball and baseball, Corey has, like, a team for every division? Sure. The Chargers? They're my West Coast team. They're my West Coast team. They're my, they're, they're my AFC West team. I, I'm officially embracing the Chargers as my AFC West team as long as Philip Rivers is on the team. I just... I mean, last night, if we could get that in the playoffs, sign me up every single day. I mean, look, I'm sorry for Keenan Allen owners last night. I mean, that was just... That was absolutely brutal. I mean, I used him in DFS. I didn't have him in any season longs. That sucked. But, I mean, just awesome game all around. Fantasy performances up the wazoo. Uh, Justin Jackson, Damian Williams, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, eh,
0: left a little bit to be desired. But what a game, Craig. What a game.
2: My charges.
0: It was a great game. It was a great <laughs> game. Anthony Lynn a lot of credit for going for two. Uh, at the end of the game, of course, I give him credit because it worked. The cojones. Um, but it was great. It, it was great. It was, you know what? Go win it now. Let's freaking do it. And that was fantastic. Very
2: popular, though. Like, road yeah. team, down on the goal line, score a touchdown, down by one. They're like, all right, we're not going into overtime. We're just going to try and steal this victory, get the hell out of Kansas City. And, you know, they were actually able to pull it off. But, of course, you mentioned it, if they don't convert that, we're probably sitting here killing them. Oh, why don't you just go into overtime, blah, 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 blah. We praise them. We praise coaches when it works out, and obviously we crush them when it doesn't.
0: Yeah, you know, Mike Williams was just tremendous last night and what mm. we didn't see coming. Of course, Keenan Allen uh, got hurt very, very early on in this game. Really a, a ball that could have been a touchdown. Um, but he gets hurt there, and Mike Williams just steps up in a major way. And I, I was listening to Philip Rivers after the game who was saying, hey – the play that we ran the two-point conversion was actually the same exact play we scored the first touchdown on. We just disguised it a little bit, but the same play. And I've never seen anybody more wide open than I saw Mike Williams on that two-point conversion last night.
2: And that's going to be the downfall of the Kansas City Chiefs is giving up, just having these defensive lapses, right, and giving up these big plays. Obviously, we know that the defense has been a main issue for the Kansas City Chiefs all season long. We hear it. It's very cliche. Defense wins championships. And that's why I like the Chargers coming into the year. I don't think that they're one of the top 3 best defenses in the league but the Chargers are a very well-rounded football team if you see what they are able to do Philip Rivers having one of the best seasons of his career in his late 30s he's surrounded by a ton of weapons on the offense uh, they revamped the offensive line in the offseason. they added a uh, they added Pouncy there he's you know he's helped them tremendously as long as he stays healthy that's helped the the running back situation You saw it last night, even without Melvin Gordon, even without Austin Eckler. Justin Jackson did not run efficiently, but he did well enough. And then you had Newsom come in, and he actually looked pretty explosive. So just a a pretty revamped team all around. I think the defense is very solid. The offensive line, they've built that up. I remember a couple years ago, we were talking about the Chargers offensive line as one of the worst in the league. And then I really, really like, and it's also cliche, but like that next man up mentality, right? Like Keenan Allen goes down. And you're down by 14 points in the fourth quarter, Greg. And to come back and win that game, Mike Williams having the game that he did. You know, I'll throw this out there. And I asked you this downstairs today, Greg. I don't know why the Chargers have been reluctant to unleash Mike Williams this year. And I tweeted this out last night. I had a poll, you know, where does Mike Williams go next year? Because we saw him creeping up in drafts this season. And our own Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, said that he drafted Mike Williams in the sixth round of a high-stakes league this year. So I posed the question on Twitter. Where do you see Mike Williams going next year? Fourth round, fifth round, earlier than fourth or later than the fifth? And as of right now, 42% say later than fifth. I think come next year, I mean, just all the hype, third-year breakout, uh, whatever he does the rest of this season as well. People are just going to remember that and carry it over into next year.
0: You're going to remember exactly what he did in Week 15 here of the fantasy playoffs. You're going to going to remember whatever he does in the NFL playoffs as well. That's going to stand out for Mike Williams. You expect the breakout now. Hunter Henry, he's going to be back. Keenan Allen, he's going to be back. Although Tyrell Williams will probably be gone. You know what will Mike Williams' value increase to? That's what I'm not sure about. I was not bullish on him this year. You know, he it was everybody's hype guy going into this season. Um, hype. hype. I saw you tweeted out a Hype Bros thing yesterday. Um, you didn't like it, though. No. You
2: didn't like it? No. Ah, come on. Sorry. A little Mojo Rally action? You don't get hyped? I
0: uh, you know where Mojo Raleigh went to school.
2: Oh, don't tell me. Oh, yeah. No. Oh,
0: yeah. The pride of Manalapan? No. Is that what it is? College Park, Maryland. He went to the University of Maryland.
2: Oh, oh, he didn't go to your high school.
0: No, he, no. But that
2: wouldn't surprise me because he's kind of like a party jersey. Sure. He
0: strikes me as like a jersey. No, nah, he, Mar- he went to Maryland. Um, but anyway, the, the point being, I get why everyone's going to be excited about Mike Williams. Pedigree, right? First round pick. Uh, for most of that draft season, he was the best wide receiver in college. Uh, Clemson, the whole deal. I get it. But there's a lot of reasons why... It might not work for the same reasons. This year might not work. So well, I, I, I don't
2: want him going to be the concern.
0: Correct, and I don't want to be the, the anti Mike Williams guy. This year I was because I just didn't see it, and he was going way too early. Like where he was going by the time draft season was all said and done, he had to provide a certain amount of value for you. And I think that same thing going to happen next year. Um, so I don't want to necessarily get him where he's going. But who knows where he'll be going? That's a question we'll ask ne- answer next year.
2: Did you vote in the poll? I have if you not. Didn't, what if, would you I I
0: have not? Um, I would like there's some later than fifth. Yeah. I, the I mean, sixth, it's the
2: most popular answer. Like, you right
0: give now. me the sixth round, I'm happy to take Mike Williams in the sixth. I think that's fair.
2: Yeah. I, I, it just wouldn't surprise me if you. I agree with, with you. Because oh, I agree. Exactly what people were expecting this, this year, year, the reason why he started creeping up. Like, this wasn't the season, obviously. And I think going into next year, people will buy that. They'll say, okay, well, we were off by one year. Next year is going to be the year. This is going to be the season where, you know, Mike Williams could give us Double-digit touchdowns. He could give us, you know, I mean, it's, he doesn't even have to do 1,000 yards if you if you draft him in the fifth round next year. If he gives you 800 yards and double-digit touchdowns, I mean, you'll be happy with that. I just think it's a really good compliment to, like, what the offense is right now with Melvin Gordon and running back situation that they have. Keenan Allen as, like, that do-it-all receiver, yeah. slot receiver, possession receiver. He can one of the best route runners in the league. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Williams, that bully, that guy on the outside, in the red zone who can make plays. He's huge. We saw him yesterday, a 19-yard rushing touchdown. You get the ball, the guy out in space. We know that the pedigree is there. I just think come next year, people are just going to hammer hammer in on Mike Williams. And I also tweeted out, Drink, if you have this guy in Keeper or Dynasty, feeling, you
0: are excited. You're feeling really, really good uh, right now if you own Mike Williams in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, from the running back point of view for the Chargers, uh, we saw a lot of Justin Jackson. We saw a lot of their fourth-string running back as well, who actually made the ball pretty well, Frankie. Uh Dietrich Newsom. That guy.
2: Yeah, Dietrich Newsom. Uh six ru- rushing attempts for thirty four yards, five point seven yards per carry. I mentioned uh he ran much more efficiently than Justin Jackson in this game. I thought Jackson was okay. okay. No, he just he kept turning, kept letting he moving. He wasn't bad. He was fine. He, he wasn't also, bad. He also had a few receptions. I might have uh I might have overranked him a little bit. I thought him stepping at, you know, that lead chargers running back role that um, you know, he would be even better than he was last night. I was being a little bit greedy, but you know, in fairness, you got 80 total yards and a touchdown out of a guy that you likely picked up. You might have used him in your flex or an RB2. I had him ranked as my 11th thing back last night going into that game. And, you know, a lot of people were killing me. This is what I love too, Greg. Those, uh, those, those people on Twitter who randomly jump into your conversation. Someone will ask you a question. Oh, Damian Williams or Justin Jackson? I'll answer Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. Someone randomly will jump in and say, Damian Williams. Everything's said and done. Hindsight 2020. Well... Damian Williams outperformed Dustin Jackson. I can do your job, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you knew that was going to happen, why, ask me? Why, why, didn't you, why didn't you bet the house? Why didn't you bet every dollar in bank account on Damian Williams scoring two touchdowns yesterday? I'll wait for an answer. I mean, come on, dude. Like, it's, hindsight's 20 right? Like, everyone can say it. If you started Damian Williams, I started him in one league in the semifinal. I feel great about it. I, I like Damian Williams. We mentioned yesterday, mid-range RB2. Perfectly in on him. Did I have Justin Jackson racked higher than him? I did. I thought it was a matchup. I thought the workload was better. And on paper, it was. I mean, Justin Jackson still had six more carries. Uh, He had a few less receptions. But overall, uh, you started me in Williams or Justin Jackson. You feel really good right now. Those people, Greg, who were riding like that Kansas City stack all season long, though, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, we saw Tyreek Hill drop that long touchdown. uh, And Travis Kelsey, really a pedestrian performance for his standards. Seven receptions for 61 yards. You don't feel great. But don't go out there and do crazy stuff like, oh, you know, I-, I need to play the upside now. I didn't get enough points out of Tyreek Hill and-, and Travis Kelsey. Stay the course. Don't overthink things. Now is not the time to overthink things.
0: Yeah, Going more specific again. Uh, Justin Jackson, 16 for 58 on the ground at a touchdown. Uh, Dietrich Newsom had 6 for 34. But again, it was a fish. He was good. I mean, he was explosive. A lot of what we saw from Justin Jackson uh, a couple weeks ago where he looked better than Austin Eckler. I thought you could make the same case uh, for Dietrich Newsom a lot last night. But I trusted Justin Jackson. He did wind up in the end zone, in the fantasy owners. Listen, if we would tell you that you would get how many points did he wind up with, fantasy points, Jackson? It
2: depends. Like, you played in PPR, 82 total yards, 2 receptions. Uh, that would have been 10 plus a touchdown, like over 16 in PPR. You're giving
0: me over 15, over 16 fantasy points for Justin game. Jackson. You're taking that. You're obviously taking that uh, in this round. Um, over to the other side of things for Kansas City. Let's start with the good. Damian Williams, over hundred yards, like basically in the first half. He finishes... Um,
2: I'm surprised he didn't get more carries, though. Only 10. 10 carries.
0: I wasn't, man. I told you that I really thought that they would just go to all Patrick Mahomes, which is, which is what they did. Um, oh, my God. This is crazy. This is crazy. Do you remember before the game... What's up? We were with Dean and you were talking about the over-under completions for that game. And you said, right, right, you'd be, right. you, said you would make it over-under 50. <laughs> That's what you, you said. That, yeah. The over-under Frank set was 50, and the over-under Dane Took was 46. Maybe I should be an odds maker, Greg. The over-under 50 that Frank set, exactly 50.
2: <laughs> Look at that, yeah. And then, you know, I mentioned this to you when I walked in today as well. The over-under for that game. Yeah, day, like, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah, and yeah. 50, 53 and a half, I believe it was. They were at 53 total points with the Chargers going for two. The odds makers are just, they're trolling people week in and week out. It's insane. I don't know, like, They have a cabal ball or something. They were at 53 total points. The over-under is 53.5. So many people were on the over yesterday, and you're just sitting there holding your breath for a two-point conversion. All right, you- you can't make this stuff up.
0: No, you can't. But Damian Williams was just tremendous uh, yesterday. He looked spry. He looked good. The announcers, uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, were gushing over him, uh, and for good reason. Uh, yeah, rightfully so. He, he was great. He was great. He had two touchdowns uh, on the day yesterday. And Daryl Williams, who I told you I liked yesterday, I uh, did get in the end zone as well. So all the D Williams was up last night.
2: All the D. Williams. And I mentioned, you know, there's going to be that one play where D. Williams breaks out a long one, and, and it happens. We're playing the game. All right, is it number 26? Is it number 31? Trying to figure out, you know, which which D. Williams is it. Uh, you know, great, great performance uh, from both of those guys, Damian Williams specifically. Um, I will say I'd be surprised if Spencer Ware doesn't play in Week 16. He obviously has 10, game, uh, 10 days to get ready. So we'll see what happens. But um, I think... They'll they'll continue to to run that committee approach. It might be closer to like a fifty fifty split, both in terms of snaps and usage. Now, maybe we see you know Spencer Ware twelve carries, couple of receptions. Damian Williams eight to ten carries, couple of receptions. Uh, it, it's going to be frustrating, but we've we were we were reminded last night that might want to just startle well, Chiefs running backs, even as a flex option, because the offense is just so potent. They're in the red zone all the time,
0: Greg. Now, speaking of the Chiefs offense, I gave you the good, like I said, with Damian Williams to start. Travis Kelsey was okay. 7 for 61 to the PPR, it's 13 points, uh, and half points over 10. So It's not what you're used to with Travis Kelsey, but it wasn't like, destructive either. Yeah. Tyreek Tyree Hill was a disaster. A disaster for fantasy owners last night. Four for 46, and he dropped a surefire touchdown. Now the touchdown wouldn't have counted because there were offsetting penalties. But wide open, hits him in the damn helmet. Like, Demarcus Robinson was like, hey! (laughs) And no! Crazy. Tyreek Hill, brutal semifinal game for you last night. Also, a guy that did not give you what you needed, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I got it. 243-2, you see that, you're like, all right, give me 20 points, give or take. All right, that, that's not bad. But if you're there in that semifinal, Patrick Mahomes, either <laughs> your team's really, really good, which is certainly possible, or you're relying on that close to 30 for Patrick Mahomes yeah. week in and week. In. And I know it's crazy to say a 20-point adding from a quarterback's not good enough, but I have a feeling if you have Patrick Mahomes and you're in that semifinals right now, what you got last night wasn't good enough.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that, and for most of the night, uh, it looked like he was completely going to smash the output from Phillip Rivers, and Rivers turns around, and yeah, while he did throw two interceptions, uh, historically has been bad in Kansas City, Phillip Rivers has, and, and the Chargers overall, but really turned his performance around, obviously with that last touchdown and then throwing for another two-point conversion. But Philip Rivers over 300 yards. For Patrick Mahomes, you know, the turning point for his fantasy production, Greg, was when he had that QB sneak, and I don't really understand how you how you give him the first down there, and you don't give him the touchdown because they're basically yeah. right on Weird. right on top of each other. Weird. So I was like, all right, you give him the first down, and then you signal like, all right, and you're an inch away from the goal line. If he gets that rushing touchdown right there, Greg, we're looking at this all right, 243, two passing touchdowns. If you're in a four-point touchdown league and then you get the rushing touchdown on top of that, then with that, you're probably like, all right, I feel pretty damn good Correct. from Patrick Mahomes. I think that was kind of the turning point 100%. for his fantasy output yesterday.
0: Listen, you had two rushing touchdowns and it wasn't Kareem Hunt and it wasn't Spencer Ware and it was just wild that that happened. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, when was the last time both those guys kicked out of the end zone? I gotta give a shout-out to our guy, Pat Mahal. I tweeted, I texted this to you guys uh, last night. That I was, was crazy. I was on my way home, um... I was on my way home from this cooking class that I did. It wasn't really a cooking class. Basically, just cooked for us. Was, All right, cool. Um, did you learn anything? No. I class. Just had to sell you things. Um. Cooking so, class, Greg. You, you think I should do this? It? It fun. All right.
2: I mean, I might do it. Probably. Probably not when the Chargers and Chiefs are playing. But
0: I didn't. I didn't realize it was going to be this good when we both. What am I going to do? Right. But anyway, right. so I, I only missed like the first drive or whatnot. So it was fun. <laughs> and I saw a tweet uh, Mayo was betting like 33 to 1 Demarcus Robinson first touchdown I'm like alright like, if I was looking at it I would have looked at my guy D. Williams not Damian Williams Darryl Williams I would have looked at him with the first touchdown and I'm walking by I see Patrick Mahomes throws a touchdown alright are you kidding me Demarcus Robinson 33 to 1 Patty Mayo get that cash that was awesome
2: yeah that was crazy uh, you know I see a lot of people just looking at the odds for the first touchdown score and just really you know you don't have to throw anything crazy on it what 10 20 bucks get that at 33 to the 1 hash that in baby
0: absolutely when we come back we gonna give you the latest on all the injured players we have more news on Odell Beckham more news on CY Hilton stick around we'll give you the latest and answer your calls the rest of the way cut out next
3: 866-484-9621 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Fantasy Sports
1: Today. We've talked about Chargers a lot. Dane has talked about them from the beginning of the season. I've been talking about how they're on the come, and they. I think they're probably the best team in the AFC. They go on the road against a formidable AFC opponent, down two touchdowns. They put their cojones on the line last That's night to right. go for two, and I can appreciate I it. I like the call, too. I think this is the most impressive win in the NFL all season long. Weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. So I hope you can stand the vibration because we're about to rock the entire nation. All right? Here we go. me say well. Well. I say
3: boom, boom
0: now me well. Say, say boom, boom, boom well. Well. Well, back with you on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie Stample. Let's get everybody the latest news and notes off the injury report. And that includes Odell Beckham Jr., who was once again out with a quad injury. He returned to practice on Wednesday, he basically practiced the entire day, full practice. It was called limited, but he practiced in full. And then he said, blank ain't right. Didn't practice Thursday, saw a specialist, did not practice Friday, wasn't even on the bike on Friday. Not sure what's going on with Odell, not sure if it's a quad injury or it's a quad injury. But important for fantasy owners, he is out in the semifinals this week. Greg, what's going on with your boy? I don't know.
2: Normally the time of the month does not last this long, Greg. I don't understand what's going on with Odell Beckham. I mean, this quad injury really popped up out of nowhere. Last week on a Saturday. I mean, normally if we were going to get like injury news, it pops up. So, uh-huh. like, what was he doing Friday? Was he out somewhere dancing, twerking, doing something like that? That he ended up hurting his quad. Like, no, I'm not here to speculate, but I don't. I just don't understand what's going on with Odell Beckham. That randomly, this injury pops up last week. We hear nothing about it. He's ruled out on a Saturday, caught everybody by surprise. Has a whole nother week to kind of like elaborate or figure things out or at least let us know what's going on and we get nothing, Greg. So, I don't know what's going on with Odell Beckham. With that being said, uh, the, the Giants wide receiver snap counts last week were just all over the place. Um, it was like Sterling Shepard led the team with 67%. I realized it was a blowout, but then like Corey Coleman, 65%. You get Russell Shepard, 40%. Benny Fowler, 40%. So, realistically, you ask me, all right, well, what does this do to the, their offense? You probably just see a lot more um, Saquon Barkley, obviously, I think it. I think it improves the floor of one Evan Ingram. He's been all over the map this season, but we did see last year when Odell Beckham was out. When he gets more volume, when he sees more targets, uh, Evan Ingram's in a better spot. But the Titans have been stout against tight ends all season long, so I think it raises his floor. I still don't love Evan Ingram. Sterling Shepard, low end wide receiver three. I, I can't I, like really, I can't really push him much higher than that. He plays the slot. For the Titans, all season long, they've struggled to outside wide receivers, Greg, because Malcolm Butler's been just torched all season long. So it might be one of these, you know, Corey Coleman or or Russell Shepard's going to catch a random touchdown in this game. Uh, Sterling Shepard, for me, low-end wide receiver three. I can't trust him much more than that.
0: Yeah, uh, listen, I I think your analysis is pretty right. I I like Sterling Shepard... Uh, I think they'll utilize him, of course, without Odell. Evan Ingram obviously gets the bump, um, especially if Red Ellison can't go as well. That's more snaps and opportunities uh, for Evan Ingram. Um, Corey Davis, we've got a bunch of questions about him this week. Janoris Jenkins has been really good as of late, so I would be a little cautious about Corey Davis. The big question we're getting, Frank, and I know it depends on who else you have, but do you go back to Derrick Henry a week after the best fantasy outing we've ever seen? Do you put him in your lineup this week? Is that like a must start?
2: Well, it depends. What, this is always like semantics. What do you consider a must-start? Top 24 running Top 24 back. Is that must-start? Yes. And Derrick Henry's must-start. Okay, that. there you go. Because I think it's a great, he's in a great position. I think we see a similar game flow to last week against the New York Giants here, and it's been a great matchup for running backs. I continue to reference this, direct correlation. Once they trade away Snacks Harrison, their run defense has completely left the team with him. So, uh, you know, they've given up. I, I like... I liked Adrian Peterson last week because I thought it was a good matchup. Obviously, you know, eh, Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson, what do you know? It doesn't help a guy like Adrian Peterson. But in every other game outside of that, they've given up a ton of fantasy production to running backs. So I do think Derrick Henry is in another spot here where, we, where he gets around, you know, 15 carries. I could see him scoring a touchdown. He's been a touchdown monster the past, what, five, six weeks or so. Uh, so I do think he's in a good spot. I think he is low in RB2 this week, right? I think him and Doug Martin are really interesting ones. If you just talk about, like, against each other or, like, you don't really want to trust Derrick Henry, you don't really want to trust Doug Martin. But they're both in really good spots this week. Doug Martin going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. We know how bad they've been to uh, to running backs all season long. Um, and he scored a touchdown in three straight games. Uh, I was quizzing you guys downstairs the other day. Uh, Doug Martin, over the past two weeks, has the most red zone opportunities in the NFL. Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley... You can name any other running back Christian McCaffrey. No, it's Doug Martin who has the most red zone targets plus carries over the past two weeks. And I think that continues in week 15 going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. I like him and I do like Derrick Henry as low in RB2s this week.
0: All righty. Uh, continuing on, T.Y. Hilton did not practice again today. He does not practice Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Obviously, uh, given his stature with the Colts, he probably doesn't need to practice to play, I would say. Um, but certainly concerning T.Y. who had a great game last week without practicing Wednesday or Thursday, he did practice Friday. Uh, what do you think of T.Y. Hilton?
2: T.Y. Hilton, I still I'm gonna trust him as a high end wide receiver too. Obviously, if he plays, uh, it is a tougher matchup. You know, I'm not gonna dispute that. The Hot Boys, the Dallas Cowboys defense with uh, Byron Jones and chadobe Awuzie, those corners have played out of their mind this season. But T.Y. Hilton, I mentioned um, what he does against the Houston Texans in his career. And really, it's whenever he plays indoors. So they're home this week. Whether they were playing home or at Dallas, I mean, it's an indoor game. He typically does well in these spots. Uh, I don't know that he has the same upside as he did against the Houston Texans secondary because uh, the Texans secondary is just not nearly as good. Uh, But I do trust T.Y. Hilton as a mid-range wide receiver too, um, assuming he plays great.
0: Okay, there you go. He's a wide receiver, too. Uh, if he plays, they are going against Dallas, as you mentioned, Frank. Marlon Mack, where is he ranked for you? Is there a bug? Did you just kill a bug? Is that what you're showing me?
2: I just Mr. Miyagi'd that. Okay. There was a fly. And I killed it. Ah! I gave it the old Mr. Miyagi. Not
0: good. Uh, who were you asking me about? Sorry, I was killing flies, Greg. Marlon the Mack. The exterminator, Frank Stample. Is Marlon Mack in your top 24 this week? Marlon Mack, no! He's
2: nowhere near my top 24. Actually... I was talking with the king, Scott Engel, yesterday about Marlon Mack uh, and where he should be ranked this week. And he got on my case, Greg, because I had both Edo Smith and Tevin Coleman. I'm trusting the matchup here with the Atlanta Falcons running backs at home as big favorites going up against the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, not only have they given up the most Close to the most fantasy production to running backs all season long. They consistently give up the most rushing attempts per game to opposing running backs. Why is that? Because they're constantly playing from behind. Opposing teams play with leads against the Arizona Cardinals because, newsflash, they're not very good. So once again, in a spot where the Falcons are favored by, you know, eight and a half points at home this week, I do think that they're going to be playing with a lead. I know that the Falcons have not been great as of late. But I just don't really trust the Cardinals' offense all that much, and they've just given up a ton of fantasy production. So I like guys like Edo Smith, Tevin Coleman, in that mid-range flex option kind of range. Um, And I'll I'll trust those guys over Marlon Mack. Uh, The Cowboys have been great against running backs all season. I don't know if it's the injuries that are catching up to Marlon Mack, but he hasn't looked like himself the past couple of weeks, you know, he hasn't topped uh, 60 total yards in the past two weeks combined, Greg. He really is just touchdown or bust, especially in this matchup against the Cowboys. Give me the Falcons running backs over Marlon Mack in Week
0: 15. Alrighty. Do you agree with that, by the way? Yeah, I do, actually. Okay. I do. Um I yeah, Scott to, was killing me. You don't want nothing to do with Marlon Mack this week. I really don't. I,
2: I realize the Falcons running backs have let you down all season long, but the Cardinals, I mean, it's it's just like whoever they face, they're giving up production to running backs because... Um, you know, their uh, their defense is just on the field a lot.
0: Anything else, Greg? No. I mean, the, the, the point was, like, I was, I mean, while you were talking about that, I was thinking about Marlon Mack. I was also thinking about another guy we've heard a lot about this week. But that's Aaron Jones with Green Bay. And what to do um, against Chicago, another team that wants to hold the ball a lot, that wants to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand, and when I spoke to Scott on the air off there yesterday, I, I said that I liked Aaron Jones compared to some of the other people that he threw at me. I think it was actually Damian Williams, which is a disaster. Um, but Hey, man, Aaron Jones didn't play yet. You never know. No, he, he didn't. <laughs> but how confident are you when it comes to Aaron Jones and Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers, we've spoken about where you have him this week. What do you do with Aaron Jones here against Chicago?
2: Yeah, this is a really tough spot, Greg, and I've kind of struggled with this one because it's a classic example of talent for the running back versus yeah. the the really really tough matchup here in the Chicago Bears, uh, a Bears team that has allowed you know, seventy one rushing yards per game to opposing running backs, just three point six yards per carry, versus Aaron Jones. Whereas if you look at what he's done, pretty much over the past you know six seven weeks, the past uh, the past six weeks, Greg, he's had at least three receptions in every single game. He scored at least one touchdown in six of his last seven games. He has you know he has two games in there where he's scored two rushing touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins and the Seattle Seahawks. Just the way that he's been trending, the way that he's been used, and I know it's been frustrating. That's kind of why Mark, Mike McCarthy is out right now because we saw the game two weeks ago against the Arizona Cardinals where, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be a great matchup, and Mike McCarthy only plays Aaron Jones 50% of the snaps. It was frustrating that he didn't start last week, but he ended up taking over, still got 17 carries, Last week, against the Falcons, 78 rushing yards and a touchdown. I'm trusting the talent here, Greg. I think he's in play as a low-end RB1, high-end RB2.
0: Trust me. Wow, so that's, actually, that's actually pretty high. Uh, higher than I've seen kind of elsewhere. So you would start Aaron Jones in this matchup against the Bears than you would, say, like a Mark Ingram against Carolina. So I have –
2: uh, yes, I would, definitely. Uh, just because there's so much volatility with, yeah. the, uh, with the Saints running backs. It's like, okay, Mark Ingram can have a game like he did last week, but – Greg, we were there sweating it out together. We, we own Mark Ingram against Matt Modica. Thanks, Matt Modica, with the Derrick Henry 50 burger against us. But Mark Ingram, if you don't get that touchdown, what are you getting out of him? Right. So it's like the, you, can't really, you can't really trust the red zone usage on a week-to-week basis because there's no, really, there's no rhyme or reason when it comes to Alvin Kamara versus Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, you know, there's been games where he actually gets more touches inside the red zone. It's very much so we're going to ride the hot hand. So I'll take Aaron Jones. I'll take the talent. I'll take the fact that when the Packers aren't being idiots, the workload is there for Aaron Jones. I mentioned, especially in the receiving game, at least three receptions in six straight games. I have Aaron Jones ranked as my RB13, Greg. So he's right behind Chris Carson for me, right behind Dalvin Cook, and I have him just ahead of guys like Lamar Miller, Sony Michelle. David Johnson, because those guys have their warts too. Lamar Miller, he's actually surprised me this year. I don't know if he sucks as much as you say he does, Greg, and it's a solid spot against the Jets. But Sony Michelle, he's been getting vultured by James Devlin. And, you know, I think we should talk about the Patriots' weapons as well, because seemingly there's five big weapons on this team. Every single week, three of those guys are going to come through. Good luck figuring out which three those are going to be. So there's warts when it comes to Sony Michelle and the Patriots' running backs. David Johnson. He's had great matchups every single week. He has a great matchup again this week. Is he going to be able to come through? Who knows? So the guys that I have ranked just behind Aaron Jones, I think they also have their deficiencies as well. I'm trusting the talent, even in a bad matchup against the Chicago Bears.
0: 844-843-6879. Let's answer some questions before we continue on uh, with some of our game breakdowns. Let me start in Milwaukee with Jordan. We're talking about Green Bay. Let's go to Wisconsin. Jordan, you're up first here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever.
3: Hey, Austin. Thanks, guys, for having me. I got uh, two quick ones here. I'm going to get the dirty one out of the way. Um, pretty much, I just have Derek Henry or Jeff Wilson Jr., who did pretty well against Seattle in Seattle. Um, I have Henry
2: in right now. What do you guys
0: think? Yeah, so for me, I think you have to start Derek Henry. It looks like Matt Breida might try to suit this one up. He's practiced the last couple of days. You have to make the decision, unfortunately, um, before we get word on if Breida will be active, most likely, unless he's not on the injury report today. Yeah, Um, because
2: that's a 4 o'clock game. And Henry's a 1 o'clock game. Henry plays at 1. So I have
0: to start Derek Henry there.
2: Yeah, I do agree with you here, Greg. Uh, Originally, I was going to say it will be answered for you. Basically, if Matt Breida doesn't play, I would use Jeff Wilson over Derek Henry. But Greg's right. By the time... You know, the 1 o'clock game star, we might not know on Matt Breida, but we've seen this all season long where if he's limited in practice all week, he is most likely going to play. Unless he's ruled out today or tomorrow or early Sunday, I'm going to use Derrick Henry. But if we do get that news on Breida and Jeff Wilson has this backfield to himself, I would start him over Derrick Henry.
3: Okay. Um, And then this this is a tough one. Um, Right now, I have RB1, uh, Kamara, RB2, Lindsey. Um, I'm flexing Cohen, and I still have Jalen Samuels uh, on the bench. I didn't know if there was um, an RB you would switch in there. So it's um, if you keep Samuels on the bench.
2: Wait, it's just Tariq Cohen versus Jalen Samuels? Samuels, yeah.
0: Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty you're not sure, benching Camaro. You're not I benching Phillips. I mean, you're not benching the two of them. Let's be realistic. So it's Tariq Cohen versus Jalen Samuels. You're not you're like, let's take that out of it.
2: Yeah, and I do think it's close, too, because um, if you told me a Steelers running back was going to get 80% of the snaps last week and saw, you know, 17 uh, total touches, Greg, uh, based on what he did in the past game as well, I think, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd be pretty excited about said Steelers running back. Um, I want to look at when, the, when these games are played here, too, because the Steelers are, you know what I'm looking at, Greg? I'm looking at Week 16 matchups. What the hell am I doing here?
0: Well, the Steelers are the Patriots and the revenge game for Stephen, Stephen Ridley and obviously the Bears okay. are facing the Packers.
2: Yeah, so that game is the Pittsburgh Steelers are at 430 and then the Packers are at one. So it's a similar situation. You're not going to know with James Conner. I think just in a vacuum, it's very close anyway between Tariq Cohen versus Jalen Samuels. But as of right now, I do have Tariq Cohen ranked higher. Um, just what he's been able to do. like He's been scoring touchdowns, what seems like, every single week. His usage in the past game as well. I think it's a pretty good matchup here against the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to trust Tariq Cohen. <sighs> unless we get news I about get unless you. we get news about Connor.
0: I'm probably so that's the question, right? Will we get news about James Connor? If Connor's out, I'm going with Jalen Samuels. I, I think, as you said, eighty percent of the snaps. Steven Ridley probably will try to find his way in the end zone. He does have that revenge game narrative against the New England Patriots. I kind of lean Jalen Samuels though, Frankie. Um I just think he'll be out there. I don't know. It's very hard. It's very hard between these two guys. They're very close.
2: To me, it's just if if James Conner isn't ruled out before that game, I can't risk it. Because then what is Jalen Samuels going to do? You're right. That's what it comes down to. You're right. So if, Hopefully, if,
0: they'll get a clarification today, maybe?
2: Yeah. A lot comes down to today. I know, you know, James Conner, they said that he doesn't need to practice in order to play, so it's a very tough situation. If they don't rule him out before Sunday, I'm taking the shirt sure production out of Tariq Cohen, and I'm not going to risk it with Jalen Samuels.
0: All right. 844-843-6879. Let me continue on. Let's go to Devin in San Antonio. What's up, Devin?
3: Hey, guys. Uh, how are you all today?
0: Doing all right. What's up?
3: All
2: right. Um. So uh, I just, I just have a lineup question. Um. I need a uh, I need a receiver, a running back, and a flex from this bunch. Okay. Uh, my options are Dante Pettis, Chris Carson, Mark Ingram, uh, Jeff
3: Wilson Jr., Tyler Boyd, and Kenyon Drake. Okay. What format? Need... What, what format? Sorry. What format is it?
0: Ah, uh, PPR. All right, so it's a full point PPR. He needs a running back, a wide receiver, and a flex. Let me do the wide receiver first because that's the easiest part. It's Tyler Boyd versus Dante Pettis. It's only it's it's one v one here. Which one would you choose, Frank?
2: Yeah, we're looking at this is a tough one for me because what Dante Pettis just did against the Seattle Seahawks. I have these guys ranked in a similar range. I don't know that Tyler Boyd is that wide receiver two that he was before. He's more of a wide receiver three, and Dante Pettis has been performing as such recently as well. I like the matchup in the slot against the Oakland Raiders. I'll take Tyler Boyd here. That doesn't mean that we can't get Dante Pettis in as the flex. Agreed. Uh, for me, I think it's... Um, I definitely want Carson in at running back. I know that he doesn't... 1,000% agree. I know agree. That he doesn't catch a lot of passes, but he's been extremely consistent. 1,000% uh, agree. Long. I think it comes down to... Pettis, Ingram, I, and Drake. I know, I, right? no, I'm, I'm not starting Kenyon Drake against the Minnesota Vikings, and, uh, given his usage and the inconsistency there with the Miami Dolphins. It comes down to... Mark Ingram versus Dante Pettis versus Jeff Wilson.
0: And they they all play later, so you will So I'll say this. If Matt Breida doesn't play, I'll start Jeff Wilson. I agree with that. If he doesn't, if he does play, we don't start Jeff Wilson. That solves that question. Yes. Let's say Breida does play, just for argument's sake. I'll use Pettis. You'll use Pettis over Ingram. Yeah. I just don't expect Ingram to catch
2: many passes, and that volatility again with the running backs. I know, you know... Normally, we go, all right, well, if it's close between wide receiver and running go with back. with the running back. I mean, with the running back. But here in the PPR, the way Dante Pettis is playing right now, it's very, very close. If Matt Breida doesn't play, I agree with you, Jeff Wilson. If Matt Breida does play, I'm plugging Dante Pettis into the flex.
0: I'm going to plug in Ingram and just hope for the touchdown, to be honest with you. you
2: agree with Boyd, though? I do. Wide receiver. So, I Boyd do. and Carson
0: Locked in. Right. Locked in. Locked in. Hopefully, Brita doesn't play so we can agree on Jeff Wilson. All right, yep. All right, we'll take a break. More of your phone calls the rest of the way. Coming up next.
1: Lumber Liquidators is celebrating the opening of our 400th store, so we're putting over 400 floors on sale. That means huge savings for you. Get prefinished hardwood and bamboo up to 36% off, including new styles like Mediterranean Maple and sellers like Silverstone Bamboo. Take 25% off all Dream Home Laminate and 10 to 15% off our best waterproof floors. More from just 49 cents, plus special financing and professional installation. Hurry, and get to your local Lumber Liquidators today. Fantasy Freestyle. Lamar Jackson is, in fact, starting. I'd start him that rushing floor. Similar to what I talk about with Josh Allen. That rushing floor is legit. I would have Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen this week. I can't believe I'm saying this, but over Aaron Rodgers. You hear me? Josh Allen, greater than sign, Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson, greater than sign Aaron Rodgers. And I think Joe Flacco started his last game for the Baltimore Ravens. I think he's going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar next year. Tuesday and Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
0: with you fantasy best friends forever fantasy sports radio network that is Frank Stample I am Greg Sussman wrapping it up and getting you ready for week 15 we're here to answer all of your questions and we can do the absolute best we can uh, in that regard Saturday games Frankie Isaiah Crowell already ruled out for the New York Jets. He said that earlier, which means you're walking with Elijah, and I'm opening the door so Elijah can get in. <laughs> Elijah McGuire should start. I see significant action against the Houston Texans. The later game is Cleveland against Denver. Um, any changes to the Denver wide receivers? I know I asked you this earlier in the week. Um, we now know Denzel Ward is out. Mm-hmm. So you're starting Cortland Sutton over Deshaun Hamilton and Tim Patrick. Is that a correct?
2: Courtland Sutton would still be number one. Okay. But I think D- Deshaun Hamilton is number two, and I know uh, you know a lot of people are talking up Tim Patrick. He did have the double-digit targets a week ago. Uh, Cortland Sutton left that game briefly with an injury, but he's been practicing. He's been a full go this week, and I did mention uh, if Denzel Ward is out, which has already come out, he is going to be out in that game dealing with a concussion, uh, that on the outside, it's going to be harder for them to stop a guy like Cortland Sutton. So, I know he's let some people down. He's in that wide receiver three discussion. I will say this. I think Cortland Sutton's more the standard play. I think Deshaun Hamilton is more the PPR play, just playing the slot receiver role. And Case Keenum, even dating back to last year with the Minnesota Vikings, typically leans on his slot wide receiver. We saw that in week 14 when Deshaun Hamilton had nine targets, seven receptions. Uh, He didn't do a lot yardage-wise. He only had around like 47 yards, but scored the touchdown as well. So I'm a little... I'm I'm bullish on Deshaun Hamilton this week. I, I think targeting... The, the slot receiver against the Cleveland Browns makes a lot of sense. But in standard, I would still go Cortland Sutton. In PPR, I like Deshaun Hamilton a little bit more. And then our guy, not really our guy, my guy, my J-E-T-S, who wants to walk with Elijah Maguire? I think he's in a good spot here. In terms of usage and opportunity, Greg, the matchup is not a great one. The Texans have been stout against the run this year and limiting opposing running backs fantasy production. But... Elijah McGuire looks like he's in another spot here to get at least 15 touches. I would say that that's the floor. Last week he had 20 total touches, 15 carries, and five receptions in that game against the Buffalo Bills, up over 80 total yards, and he scored a touchdown. So he's if he doesn't get that touchdown, you're probably looking at anywhere from 60 to 80 total yards. I think that the, the Texans will be able to limit him. But because he's you know basically the main running back on the roster. If they do manage to get there into the red zone and they have a goal line opportunity, I do think McGuire is gonna be that guy. So I definitely think he's in play as a flex option. I'd use him over Marlon Mack this week, Greg.
0: I would too. I completely agree with that. The matchup is just better. You know he's the guy. He got it done last week. I think he does it again this week for the New York Jets. Um is there anything else you want? I would need to touch on before I hit the phones?
2: Uh, just sticking in that game, um, if you go on to rotoexperts.com right now, you can Sing! see the best fantasy five. The five players that I have ranked higher than the consensus this week. Robbie Anderson is one of those players, Greg. Um, and I know Quincy Nuno has already been ruled out for week 15, and it, it's back-to-back games with at least seven targets for Robbie Anderson. His production has been up and down all year long, but last week, he converted it. Uh, four of those targets for 76 yards and a touchdown. Sam Darnold, you could tell, was leaning on him a little bit in that game. Targeted him down the field against a strong cornerback. One of the best shutdown corners in the league, intradavius White. They connected on a 37-yard reception over the top. And then on a scramble play, Sam Darnold got out of the pocket and he threw it to Robbie Anderson inside of the red zone. Scored a touchdown on intradavius White again. The Houston Texans defense, really the way that you want to attack them is through the air, through the secondary. Over the past two weeks, the Texans have allowed the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. We just saw T.Y. Hilton put up 199 yards against these Houston Texans. I think with uh, with Inunua being out, the target's been there, and the fact that they're starting to grow some chemistry here between Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, I think he's in play as a mid-range wide receiver three. I'm very bullish on Robbie Anderson this week.
0: Frankie loves Robbie Anderson this week, which means you should as well. 844-843-6879. Let's go to Nathan in New Jersey. What's up, Nathan?
2: guys can you hear me what's up man uh, so um my unfortunately my team is out of the playoffs i i finished the season 13 and know and i lost in the first round because i made a mistake by starting uh mccoy my starting lineup uh, McCoy, i mean mahomes did good for me but mccoy uh, had only one yard last week so that's
3: what messed me up but i was thinking in the first, uh i know you guys are already i guess ranking for next year's draft but where do you put mahomes for next year number one as quarterback
0: i feel like scott angle paid this person
2: <laughs> this, yes. is, this is the ghost caller for Scott Engel. Which, if you head on over to rotoexperts.com, Scott talks about this exact thing. He just wrote an extensive article, Greg, an extensive article on where Matt, uh, Pat Mahomes should be drafted next year and whether or not you should even consider him in the first round. So it's a free article. Head on over to rotoexperts.com, check that out. Um, I can't use a first round pick on a quarterback. I'm never, do, I'm never using a first round pick. I do on think that Pat Mahomes will be the first quarterback taken. 45 passing touchdowns this year. Um, you know, a second year player threatening Peyton Manning's passing touchdown record, which is 55. I do think that he's in play to, to throw for 50 touchdowns this year. But, I, you know, I, I see him, I could see someone reaching on him on like the second round, maybe late second, early third round. Me personally, I won't be able to do it, but I can see him realistically going in the second round next year, Greg.
0: Yeah, I can see it, too. I mean, it's where Aaron Rodgers used to go, right, in the middle of the second round. So I can see that for sure. Yeah. And I think he will. I think the, the youth, he can the get better,
2: which is crazy to say. He definitely, can get better.
0: Absolutely. If absolutely. you let
2: me on belt to the team, Greg, <laughs> the sky is the limit.
0: 844-843-6879. Uh, let me go at BJ in San Antonio. What's up, BJ?
3: Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great, man. What's happening? Um, okay, unfortunately, I was one of the guys who had um, Melvin Gorey. And I have a, a James Conner on my team. And I had Spencer Ware also. Okay. And I had a first-round buy in my playoffs. So I was the number two seed. So I went in comfortably, and now I'm panicking. Yep. Big time. Yep. Um, I have to choose two out of, let's see, one, two, three, four, five guys here. Elijah McGuire. It's PPR, okay. as a matter of fact. Elijah McGuire, Chris Ivory, um, Sproles. Chris Thompson, and Corey Davis.
0: Mm. And there
3: is, I, I know it's a lot of guys, but I'm not sure which one to go with. There is also Edo Smith on the waivers also. All right,
2: Alrighty. so... So that's, uh, that makes things a little interesting here. How many... Do you need to start two, you said? Two. Start two of those, Greg. Between Elijah McGuire, Chris Ivory, Darren Sproles, Chris Thompson, Corey Davis, and Edo Smith... I'll just say right off the top, I'm eliminating Chris Thompson from this group. I don't want to really start anyone on Washington's offense, with Josh Johnson as the quarterback. I know he performed well rushing last week, whatever, yada, yada. I just don't really want exposure to the Washington offense going up against the Jacksonville defense, which has played better at home this season. So Then we're looking and, at Edo Smith, Corey Davis, Sproles, Ivory McGuire. I would say the one lock for this lineup as of right now, the player we just spoke about, Greg, I think Elijah McGuire. I think he's a high-end flex option. I'm good this with league. that.
0: I'm good uh, with just, that.
2: Just had five receptions a week ago. In the PPR against the Houston Texans, I, I like the workload here. Chris Ivory going up against the Detroit Lions. They've been much better since they've got Snacks Harrison. Darren Sproles with Nick Foles as the quarterback. He could check down to him a lot. I expect him to be playing from behind against the Los Angeles Rams. And Then you have Corey Davis and Ito Smith as well. I, I, I think it's between Ivory, Corey Davis, and... And Ito Smith. The Giants have done a great job against number one wide receivers all season long. I don't really, I have, Corey, I have Corey Davis in the league, and I don't really want to use him either, Greg.
0: This is tough. This is really hard for me. Um, it's a PPR, so I guess I shy away from Ivory because of that. Um, I like McGuire for one sure. One game where McCoy didn't play earlier on in the season. I know. Week three. He
2: had over 20 touches, yeah. Chris Ivory, in that game. Yeah. And he's healthy. I don't think I need to Edo either. We haven't trusted McCoy all season long. Like, you know, Why would we trust the Bills running back right. against a Detroit Lions? You're absolutely right.
0: Which your season on the line. I don't want to trust Darren Sproles. Against the, maybe you trust Darren Sproles against the Rams, maybe. Maybe that's the answer.
2: <sighs> yeah, this is, this is a really tough one. You know what?
0: Corey Davis is the best player out of these guys. He but is the, the best bad. player.
2: Matchup is bad. But it's PPR, and, I, and I've said this. In PPR, you lean with the wide receiver when, it, when it's tough here. I know I talked up Edo Smith, but doesn't really catch a lot of passes. I don't want to do the it, Edo Smith thing. I'm going to go Corey Davis. I'm going to go Elijah McGuire and Corey Davis, uh, Greg, in the PPR here.
0: I just want to see one thing before I answer that question. So, for me, I'm definitely going to Elijah Maguire. Yeah, even last week against Dallas, Darren Sproles did get the touchdown. I mean, he only had four touches. He had four touches uh, in back-to-back weeks. He didn't have a single reception uh, the week before against Washington. With that being said, I'm going to go with Corey Davis. He's just the best player out of these guys. So, for me, it's Elijah Maguire and Corey Davis as well. 844 843 6879 Aaron in Lansing, you're up. What's up, man?
3: Hey, guys. Uh, make it quick. I lost OJ for the second week in a row. Yep. I'm wondering, out of the waiver wire, 12-team PPR, there is um, Josh Reynolds, Randall Cobb, um, and one more one-second here. There is going to be, and then uh, Robbie Anderson. I know you guys talked about Robbie Anderson might Mm. be a good play this week. Um, So I'm just wondering, out of those three, which way would you lean?
2: Yeah, to me, it's between Josh Reynolds and Robbie Anderson. I don't want to trust Randall Cobb. I don't like Aaron Rodgers a lot this week in that spot in Chicago. With that being said, Randall Cobb is eliminated from this. I think it's very close between Robbie Anderson and Josh
0: Reynolds. This is one of those your guy and my guy type things. I'm going to somehow lean towards, um, especially against the Eagles secondary, Josh Reynolds again. I have a feeling I'll probably go with Robbie Anderson, your guy.
2: Yeah, it's super close. Now, I'm with you, Greg. I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds here (laughs) because you just look at what the Eagles secondary has done all season long. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And last week, we saw what Amari Cooper just did. I mean, overall, they allowed Cowboys wide receivers to catch 268 receiving yards and three touchdowns. That equated to 61.8 PPR fantasy points a week ago. I do think the uh, the Eagles secondary is vulnerable. I'll lean Josh Reynolds, but
3: I'm
2: going to end up kicking myself, man. I think it's close. I think it's very close between Reynolds and Robbie Anderson. But I'll, I'll, I'll take the... I'll take the better offense here.
0: Better offense and better matchup, too. Better matchup, too. Yeah. 844-843-6879. We continue on. This is J-Rod in Baton Rouge. What's up, J-Rod?
3: J-Rod. Hey, guys. How's it going?
0: It's going well, man. What's happening? Uh,
3: I, I've lost, uh, unfortunately, Gordon and, and uh, Spencer Ware. Yeah. So down at flex, flex and a half-point PPR to uh, two mediocre to bad choices. Uh, Marlon Mack against... Uh, uh, Cordy's very stout Cowboys defense that I'm afraid of the
0: Hot Boys or
3: double tapping the the or double tapping the Baltimore running backs. I'm not sure if this is smart or dumb. Gus the Bus and Ken Dixon is, as as uh, starting both those guys along with the Baltimore defense. So what do you guys think on Mac? You know his his tough
2: matchup or rolling with both Baltimore running backs. So why would is, is it two spots or do you already have Gus Bus in your lineup? Because you're saying both. You have the option of both Ravens running backs, is what you're saying. So I got to
3: use well. I got to use Gus Bus as RB two okay. because Ware okay. and and Gordon were out last night. I'm mm. stuck. There's nobody
1: on the on the waiver wire.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it, it comes to, and I agree with your decision. Gus Bus is the one that I would leave in the lineup. I haven't ranked the highest of all these running backs right now. So it comes down to Marlon Mack and Kenneth Dixon. Greg, do you wanna do you want to ride both Ravens running backs going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks? And I will say this: while I've given the Bucks. Credit um, their defense. Their defense has come around the past couple of weeks, especially uh, in the secondary, what they've been able to do against, uh, against opposing quarterbacks. It has suffered uh, against their, their rush defense. They, they're continuing to give up a lot of yards, uh, high yards per carry to opposing running backs, and a lot of fantasy production to running backs as well. So, Kenneth Dixon versus Marlon Mack. I have these guys really, really close in my rankings. I think I have Marlon Mack a couple of spots higher but if you're just looking at pure matchup here, Greg, Kenneth Dixon has the way better matchup against Tampa Bay. I know. I have already... Marlon Mack two spots higher in my rankings. Yeah, so to answer your question, I would use Marlon Mack and just hope that he scores a touchdown. That's exactly what I'm
0: going to do. I, I know I've been the cold guy all week on Kenneth Dixon. I've got a lot of people ask me about Kenneth Dixon. I agree. Gus Edwards, he's the one that goes in. Could
2: this night. be the week where Kenneth Dixon, because he's ascending and Gus Buss is descending.
0: But I know... Well, the, the wheels are falling off the bus here, Greg. I know that, but I also know that Marlon Mack's the guy. I know that Marlon Mack's the guy. I know the matchup is terrible. It's so hard
2: to t- trust the Ravens running backs right now.
0: Correct. It's like, if you do trust one of them, who do you trust? I think you got to start Gus Edwards, I have though. Gus Edwards, just because while the
2: snaps, he saw a four-week low in terms of snaps. 40% of the snaps this past week, he still has seen at least 16 carries in four straight games. So, and, and, you know, you look at the red zone opportunities. I thought this was really interesting. I don't have this pulled up right now, or do I? No, I don't. Uh, but Gus Edwards, last week, he, uh, Kenneth Dixon scored the, the three-yard touchdown or whatever. That was his yeah. only red zone carry over the past two weeks. Gus Edwards has had, I believe it was, I think it's like three red zone opportunities over the past two weeks. So he still, once they're inside the red zone, he still has seen more work over the past two weeks than Kenneth Dixon. I think they were just like, all right, let's try something. Let's see if Kenneth Dixon can punch it in here. And he did convert on that. But uh, over the past two games... Gus Buss actually does have more red zone work than Kenneth Dixon. So, yep. Gus Edwards and Marlon Mack, I'm with you right there, Greg. Uh, it's just, it's hard to trust
0: Kenneth Dixon. With that, we say goodbye to our YouTube audience. Good luck in week number 15. We're certainly rooting for you. The Frenzy will help you up next. Chris Ventura, Jim Day, and Corey Parson. Mainly just Jim will help you. The other two will just, you know. <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, they'll help you out. I have
2: a feeling they'll be talking about Chris Venture's hair today a lot on the show. Sounds
0: about right. Uh, Frenzy's up next. If you are listening on the podcast, like, subscribe, rate us five stars, and please leave a comment. If you're listening live on the radio, we go another two minutes or so. Uh, I do have another call to get to, and then we will wrap up with a question from our own Chris right.
2: Yeah, Real quick, here's uh, here's what I was looking for for Gus Edwards. Last week, it was red zone carries. Gus had three, and Dixon only had one. right. And then three weeks ago, Gus Edwards had five. So, I mean, it still seems like he's the yeah. guy. Like, I know the snaps tell you a different story. They're going down for Gus Edwards, and they're going up for Kenneth Dixon. But he still did out-carry him, at least 16 carries in four straight games. He's my highest-ranked Ravens running back this week.
0: All right, 844-843-6879. We go out to Sarasota to talk to Anthony. What's up, Anthony? Yes, I have
1: a question. I have three quarterbacks. I wonder who I should start and have. Three, I have already a receiver set in as Julio Jones. I either have Amari, I have Jared Goff, I have Aaron Rodgers, and I have uh, Tom Brady.
3: Who should I start this week? And my
1: receiver that um, uh, I'm having trouble with is my second receiver. I either have uh, Amari Cooper or Mike Evans. Who should I start?
0: All right, there you go. So the question is, let's start with Cooper and Evans, Frank. Amari Cooper versus Mike Evans this week.
2: I can't bench Amari Cooper right now. I know that I know that the, the Colts, <laughs> Greg, Greg's going to kill me, man. And, you know, I've already heard people talking about this on Twitter. Amari Cooper's going to be a second-round pick next year, Greg. You can't bench Amari Cooper. What he's done in terms of uh, what his floor has been with the Cowboys and what his upside has been, and we saw what his upside was a week ago with the three touchdowns. And we also saw that a similar upside on on Thanksgiving against Washington. I cannot bench Amari Cooper right now, and Mike Evans is going up against the Baltimore Ravens with the quarterbacks. I think it's close between Goff and Brady. Actually, uh, from a DFS perspective, I just want to I want to stack that Steelers and Patriots game, and I know Jim Sonis has spoken about that as well. Jared Goff is the quarterback I'm using of that of those three.
0: Totally agree with both of yours. You can't the matchup is what dictates it for me between Amari Cooper um and Mike Evans. So I'm going to start Amari. Stay Cooper. Stay with
2: me, Greg. No.
0: How about them hot boys? I will not say any of that. <laughs> and then quarterback-wise, I'm going to go with Jerry Goff. Our own Chris Pavone has the final question of the week for us, Frank. You ready? Mm. Tyler Boyd or Josh Reynolds, who you got?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd. I know the matchup is good for Josh Reynolds, but still has to compete with two other wide receivers and Todd Gurley. Tyler Boyd is still the main receiver target on his team.
0: I'll go with Tyler Boyd as well. Good luck in Week 15. We can't wait to hear from you on Monday. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. We want you to win! Good luck, we hope.